Hey folks, I am Ryan Goodman and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. All right, and welcome to another episode of the Agriculture Proud Podcast over a beer series. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, and I'm with... Carrie Mess. And we are here in Wisconsin. Um, decided that we would catch up on a few topics we've been uh, itching to talk about a little bit. And, uh, of course, in style, we're doing it. I'm going to pour that beer nice and close to the mic so you can see it. Although I just got a lot of foam. Uh-oh. I look like I'm a college freshman right now. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing it over a beer with a uh, Spotted Cow beer from New Glarus, beer, uh, New Glarus Brewing. Brewing. How many beers have you had? Just one. And a piece. Um, and that's only in Wisconsin. So every time I come to Wisconsin, I make sure um, to grab a beer or two. Spotted Cow. A spotted cow. <laughs> and where are we at, Carrie? Uh, we're at Crawfish Junction, which is our uh, local watering hole. So if you ever find yourself in Milford, Wisconsin, which is basically a bar and a couple of houses, go to the bar. Although, technically, we are in uptown Milford. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good food every time I come. Yeah, awesome food. So we're glad to be here. And in case you missed our laps last episode, you should rewind. And uh, we're just kind of catching up on several different topics. Um, we introduced ourselves and our stories and how we came to be friends and how we've been involved in the agriculture community leading up to date. But today's topic is the state of advocacy. Yes. That's not advocacy with the D. That's with the G. With a G, advocacy. And that's kind of a term that's been coined within the agriculture community. Would you yeah. say that's safe and fair to say? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we became advocates and then advocacy was born and I don't even know when it was born or who thought it up but it's out there. I'm sure someone lays claim to the term. Oh I'm sure. <laughs> it's got to be that way right? But uh, so we've been involved in it since uh, since I would say since before that it kind of became popular to be an advocate. We kind of get yeah. involved in social media and several of those conversations sure. as it was starting to gain speed. Yeah I think we were both involved fairly pretty much from the, I won't say from the exact start, but like pretty damn close. We've been there, right? We've been we've been there. <laughs> we've been around for a while. Yeah, and it's changed a lot. Yeah. Um, since its early days, even you know five, six, uh, five, six, seven yeah. years ago. I started on Twitter in two thousand nine. That's when I got started too. So yeah. that was that was seven years ago. Is it? Yeah, I guess eight years ago. Eight years. Yeah, something while. like that. I don't know. Yeah. It's been a while. But <laughs> Math is hard. It is. It is. So to give a background, those who aren't familiar with it, advocacy is kind of coined the term for agriculture community getting online and advocating for their cause, talking about what they're doing, sharing their story. Right. And it's a catch-all term. For all of that. Right. Yep. Um, and I guess kind of where I became, where I realized, oh, I can be an advocate for my cause Mm-hmm. is uh, it's kind of funny. So I started blogging a little bit, you know, just kind of posting some stuff here and there back in 2009, but I was on a ranch in Wyoming, mm-hmm. um, was working there for the growing season, far away from my family in Arkansas, 24 hours away, mm-hmm. and they're like, you've got to send us pictures. Right. But the problem was that we didn't have internet service all the time, didn't have cell reception, and couldn't send photos and home in an email every day. So what I did, I started a blog and just started writing a weekly journal or a little bit more frequent about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. What was it called? 
Um, so it was sitting in the pasture. Okay. Yeah. Cause, I think I remember that. Yeah. Before you were agriculture proud. That's right. It's yeah. back before I was agriculture <laughs> Yeah. Um, so sitting in the pasture was just kind of my, my piece, my moment of silence where I could go. And so that's what I titled it. Mm-hmm. And it was just writing about what we were doing. We were pushing cows to new pasture in the summer on rangeland in the mountains. It was completely different. Uh, we got like 10, 15 inches of rain there a year where I grew up and we had almost 60 inches of rain a year. So the way he did things was quite a bit different. All the work was done on horseback up in the mountains. We did all kinds of irrigation. So all of that was different. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had something to write about. And so I've been writing those, those and posting them on my Twitter and my Facebook. And before long, I had st- uh, questions started popping up yeah. uh, from people that I didn't even know. Right. Like, well, what do you mean about this? Stranger or, danger. Yeah, right? <laughs> or they started asking, well, what about this? Why is it this way? And I don't know, I guess over that summer and by the end of it, when I was reflecting upon it, I was like, wow, you know, people I don't even know in New York, LA on the West Coast, East Coast, and Chicago in the, in the Midwest were asking questions about things that I, things that I thought were commonplace. Right. And that's when a kind of light bulb came on and I said, hmm, there's an opportunity for me to advocate here. People are asking questions and I have an opportunity to share them. And since then I've just been advocating for the cause. And I think that that's a similar story for lots of other people in the community. Yeah. So mine's different though. It is. <laughs> oh, I got started. So back in 2009, I joined Twitter because, um, I had, so I didn't have an ag background. Somebody's big diesel just drove by. I hope you didn't hear that, but, um, I didn't have an ag background, but I had met, met my husband married and went to the farm. Um, and he had a job in town still, but I went to his parents' farm and started working there. Um, to figure out if farming was something I wanted to do. And um, at the same time, I also purchased a business and it was actually a lingerie company. So I got on Twitter to sell lingerie and ended up finding farmers that um, would answer my questions as I was learning on the farm at the same time. And it was pretty crazy to have like this totally bipolar split personality Twitter feed of talking about bras and panties and then cows and corn. Let's and just say stuff. Ryan AR ranching at that point was a little, I, yeah, I wasn't sure about asking questions or answering questions uh, to a person selling lingerie on Twitter. Yeah, but I mean, hey, come on, it, it worked. So um, soon enough, it became apparent that like, the lingerie thing wasn't really like the best idea during a recession because um, this was back in like 2008 or 2009 and um, that my passion really was the farm and so eventually uh, I don't even know who came up with dairy carry I think a friend of mine did and I was like yeah so I changed my my twitter handle to dairy carry and uh, kind of gave up the lingerie stuff and <laughs> mostly <laughs> Um, now I'm much more likely to talk about a cow bra than I guess a human bra, but, um, how to, how to do a Twitter search on the history of your <laughs> timeline. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of tweets there, so you're going to have to go back a long, long time. And it's funny though, because like Twitter is where I got my start, but now I like people tweet me and I'll go look, but I don't ever look at Twitter anymore because Twitter has changed so much. And I think advocacy as a whole has really changed a lot since we both got in got involved and got started yeah when I got started I know I started agriculture proud as a uh, as a blog and uh, was writing for Western magazine at the time when the idea came around Um, but then when I started as a group on Facebook 
uh, that was the pages weren't quite a thing yet mm-hmm. and uh, there wasn't really a lot of agriculture groups on right. Facebook right. on social media right now Facebook wants everybody to be in all the groups all the time that's right that's right and then it's changed had to migrate over to a page because then that's where the thing you know all the attention was and now it's migrated back again to where most of the conversation it takes place in groups groups for you for my page like a lot of my conversations is still on my page but mm-hmm. um, I don't have as much conversation in groups but Facebook will fix that soon enough I'm sure until they decide that they want something different and then now I'll have to totally figure out what I'm doing again keeps so. us on our toes right yeah and so now so we start off there was blogs um, there's Twitter and there's Facebook now we've got Instagram snapchat Instagram stories you're trying to take over snapchat Right. Uh, you've got Quora for a- answering all kinds of questions. Is Reddit Quora still a thing? It's still a thing. And you then you've got you Reddit. know what's not a thing? Google Plus. <laughs> we tried it; it failed. Yeah, that Quora. happens, right? Quora. You try things and yeah. Pinterest. Pinterest. Pinterest is not just for planning a wedding that you're never going to have. No. Yeah, you can actually share some some stuff in there that tra- drives a lot of traffic to my blog mm-hmm. sometimes. Yep. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, so Reddit, the, you were saying. Reddit. Yeah, Reddit is kind of a forum for all things. Everything. Everything questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, is it Vimeo? It's now being. Um, there is another YouTube, YouTube, in Vimeo, or video platforms. Like video in general is just huge. I mean, far more than it ever was, and it's it's always been a big thing, I think. But now it's crazy yeah so so now we see so yeah so it used to be text-based you know uh blogs and facebook were long posts notes on facebook oh yeah i remember notes on facebook and poking people on facebook oh poking <laughs> has a different meaning yeah <laughs> if you're poking somebody on facebook it's totally different anybody that's watched lonesome dove oh well yeah <laughs> that's a weird intersection <laughs> 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 anyway, it is kind of everything's kind of grown to shorter form, yeah. right? So you got to have a video or a video or, or a photo, um, something that's going to capture people's attention really quick. Because the world has ADD and we're just trying to manage it now. <laughs> that's right. So it's, that's uh, that's been quite a challenge because when you're telling the story of the farm or the ranch or how food, where food comes from, right. like consumers are asking. It's hard to tell all of that in one snapshot. Yeah, there's so much nuance to what we do. It it's really not easily summed up in a quick picture or quick video. But um, I think overall, you know, when we share lots of little pictures, lots of little quick videos, um, then people really start to tune in and, and pick up things. So because um, there's a story in all of those, right? It's about your overall body of work now more than single posts, I think. Yeah, I'd say so because I've written, over the years I've written about hot topics like Chipotle was really big for me mm-hmm. and getting on CNN. Chipotle um, still sucks. They do. They really do. And I still haven't eaten there. I don't either. <laughs> um, and those are really hot topics when they happen. Right. Of course, some of my like, highest posts at the time when they debuted, but over time it's the story yeah. of what's happening on the farmer ranch that works. Right. And I think that's something I've seen a lot happen um, as the advocacy movement has grown is that a lot more people um, who are are wanting to be advocates and well-known are doing a lot of, I call it like headline grabbing, where they're writing, you know, any company does anything and they jump all over them. And you can't, like, I border, I'm very careful about trying to be hypocritical because I led the march 
against Panera Bread. I've, you know, I've taken on brands several times and um, called people out for for things. But uh, I think it's changed in that, you know, a lot of people seem to think that when I wrote about Panera Bread and their chicken, um, it was about the fact that Panera went to antibiotic-free chicken is what they called it and it wasn't about that for me it was about this whole marketing campaign that was really disrespectful to farmers um and then since then i every time any company has said anything about going to antibiotic free chicken or whatever which really means raised without antibiotics but um it's made the ag community just go into this massive uproar and that drives me insane because if you go to the grocery store, you can't find chicken there that doesn't have a label claim of being hormone and antibiotic free. Um, so companies are marketing to what their consumers are demanding. You can't yell at a company for saying, okay, we want to be antibiotic free. But if they're marketing, if the overall package, um, is disrespectful to farmers that's a different thing so I see a lot of like this headline grabbing where people are are more worried about getting shares and likes and comments without thinking it through mm-hmm. without realizing what kind of message they send overall to people yeah because we've seen the reaction to so subway right when they changed their language on antibiotics and hormones and I covered that but yeah, it's you also were one of the leaders on that but then when they came back and they were like no this is what we mean and clarified like I go to subway now yeah I have no problem with yeah. subway and people still try to bring it up oh well no it's it's a conversation and we reach tried to reach out to subway execs but the right. same thing has happened in a and w in Canada Earl or Earls in Canada yeah um, and, and different different restaurant chains, different things, every time an announcement is made. And I think that we've seen that that doesn't, that doesn't work. Right. Right. Because now you've got, um, for the chicken industry and the pork industry, things have changed. Activists have changed the way consumers think about those products and they're working on dairy and headed towards beef. And I think that a lot of people are so stuck on fighting the fights that are already lost that they're not paying attention to the ones that are coming up. And I'd much rather waste my time, not waste my time, I guess, use my time, I should say, looking towards the future and how we can prevent this kind of thing than trying to get a time machine built to go backwards. Yeah, and I think that's evident. Um, And so my most popular post on my blog that I've written about over the last six, seven years Mm -hmm. have been the Farming 101 post. What happens? Why are cattle castrated? Why are cattle dehorned? Why are cattle branded? Does feeding corn harm cows? Talking about those day-to-day tasks. And those continue to be the highest. I mean, they get hundreds of hits on search engines every single day. And those are the things that people are asking for. So if we can cover our bases in some of those things. uh, I think when we write about, you know, the Subway or Panera or Chipotle. And again, I still don't give my money to Chipotle because they still suck. But these other companies... And I still don't like Panera, but that's just a personal thing. Um, I I think we end up... Um, we write those posts for people in our community. And yeah, people outside of our community see it, but we're not writing it for them. We're writing it for the people that are there. Because the one thing I've realized is if I'm really fired up about something like that, um, the things I'm most fired up about tend to 
not really reach critical mass outside of my farming agriculture circle. Uh, and there's an exception to the rule when it comes to things like undercover videos. I, I mean, I, I really think that that kind of thing does get out beyond the choir. But when, if we're talking marketing campaigns, it really, we get all worked up in ag. We and, talk in our echo chamber a lot. Exactly. Right? And I think when we talk about the state of advocacy, I think the last couple of years has have been a lot of that. We're talking in our echo chamber and talking about who can have the status or whatever. Right. Um, and not always focusing on what we do best. How can we connect with people in other parts of our life? Because I don't live just agriculture, right? Right. Right. I don't get questions from my city friends about Chipotle. I get questions from my city friends about, you know, how we care for cows. Just like you're saying, the, the posts that get the most uh, people who want to know information have nothing to do with the big companies out it's there. Not, it's not, um, what's the latest GMO story? Right. Yeah. Right. What's the latest restaurant change in their food supply right. deal? People are asking those things, but that's not top of mind. Right. So, and the other thing I've really noticed in advocacy as a whole is um, there's clicks now. When we first started, um, there weren't clicks because it wasn't a big enough movement for there to be like divisions. And then, you know, as we got involved, you know, then there was like a, you know, splinter group here and now it's, it's like high school a lot of days and it drives me insane. Um, well, we see it all the time. There's group, there's group chats on messenger. There's group chats on oh, Instagram yeah. and Twitter, yeah. direct messages and that For stuff sure. happens. For sure. And, you know, it, it's part of what it is. I guess we should be blessed that there's enough people involved in advocacy now that there can be clicks. Um, that's the, the positive. But the negative is is now there's, po you know, there's a lot more politics involved. And if you're like me, I just don't do politics. You know, if you want to know how I feel about you, just ask. I'll tell you. Yep. Straight up. Yep. I just don't have time for it. So I got a question. What's... Uh, early 2017 here. What's... 2017. Yeah, 2017. Oh, I guess, yeah, technically <laughs> not yet while well, we're recording this, but by the time it comes out, it'll be 2017, yeah. Yeah, so 2017 here, looking at the next couple of years, what's the future of advocacy and where do we have opportunities to improve? I think it's... Wow, that's a good question. I think there's going to be people that are going to rise in the ranks of advocates and then they're going to too you know I've I've reached a lot of people um, and I think that there are people who have you know surpassed me now um, which is okay whatever you know that's not what I'm about is number of likes I just want to continue telling my story I think we're gonna see more new voices that really get elevated I hope they get elevated for the right reasons I'm worried about that because the a lot of the voices I'm seeing reach out now um, I guess, and this is a, a topic we're going to talk about later, um, maybe aren't motivated for all the right reasons, you know? We're wanting, um, so I've seen people mention celebrity status. I want the yeah. celebrity status of what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, or it's kind of, be, they want to become commercialized to be able to appeal right. uh, to clicks. 
uh, to people sharing their information. Well, I, I don't think they're trying to get to clicks. I think they're just trying to get known. They like that kind of feedback, and that's their motivator. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And that's a good feeling, right? Uh, to see I mean, things shared and see yeah, views pop up Yeah, to see things shared and stuff, but that's not what motiv has ever motivated me. I don't think it's what's motivated you. No. Right? No. I, I, I get the joy out of being able to share the information and see that light bulb moment for new people and answer questions for people who are like, oh, yeah. really? And you know what? As people are listening to this right now, the haters, you know what they're doing? They're sending DMs to their friends and being like, <laughs> oh my God, they said this and that's totally not true. No, that's right. <laughs> but that's but okay. Really you know, if you don't have haters, you're not making a difference. I have haters. There you go. <laughs> there you go. So no, I think for me, what I hope the future of advocacy and this is a hope, is that we focus on um, paying attention to branching out and utilizing our own strengths, utilizing our own interests. Mm -hmm. um, so like for me, I found a niche in the running community right. um, to be able to say, hey, runners, I'm connected with you as a runner. And then, hey, if you want to ask me questions about agriculture when you realize what I do for a living, yeah. ask me that. And there's things I've learned along the way for sure. You know, I've learned... All and I'm not trying to be bitter, like that's not it. I've learned um, that not everyone you think is a friend is actually a friend, you know, and I've learned that, that there are people out there who will do some pretty crappy things to try to promote themselves. And I think that it all ends up falling under social media maturity. That's what I call it. Like when I first started, um, I, I wasn't the kind of person who thought a ton about what I was doing, what I was putting out there, and what kind of effect it would have. And as I've matured in this role as an advocate, it's really kind of changed how I see things. So we talk a lot about, you know, fighting amongst ourselves and what that looks like. Um, you know, I used to be a, a person who would share the anti-organic stuff because we're a conventional farm, and I thought that helped promote me. And I've realized now that I, I don't want to share anything that bashes any other type of ag because, you know what, we're all doing our thing. And I have a lot more respect for um, farmers who do things differently than me um, as I've gone along. Um, met them, seen them, seen what they do. I, I get it now. Um, and unfortunately in ag, we're so insulated. And we do a really poor job of, of getting out there and seeing, um, seeing the perspective. Not not just from our customers' perspective, but even from other people's in ag's shoes. We, we really suck at that in general. And so I think once people get out there and get that kind of maturity where they're seeing how other people are doing things and getting that perspective, um, it really is gonna change how people, how people reach out as advocates, how people tell their story, how people choose or, or what people choose to share what people choose not to share really changes once you meet these people and hear their stories and realize that you know what um an organic farmer a large farmer a small farmer anybody who farms differently than me is still re deserves my respect because they're still doing the hard work yeah i think if someone wants to be a leader in the advocacy movement um I think one of those key parts are being open to other conversations, being open to other ways of doing things and respecting people who do things differently. It's right. one thing to call people out when you see something blatantly wrong. Right. Right. When you see some people blatantly violating, copying their material, 
um, or doing something on the farm was like, hey, you know, right. I'm going to send a private message to this person say, that might not be the best photo to show a flooded feedlot, you know, in a farm because there are water, you know, water quality issues that come up with that. And that mm-hmm. might not be the best photo to share that story. For sure. Um, but then I think part of being a good leader is being able to read those other perspectives and sharing other people's stories, yeah. like promoting other, cross-promoting other people's material. Yeah. Um, so not just sharing all your material and trying to get all the stuff for you, right. um, but being able to... You know, promote other, people, promote other people, share other people's voices. Yeah, so I suggest people subscribe to a list of other blogs that they like to read across different sectors of agriculture. Okay. And sharing those stories on your own platform, sharing that message, um, and promoting uh, a greater knowledge of agriculture, how we all do things. Right. So I actually had to take a step back. I always like shared other people's stuff on my Facebook page, and I had to take a step back because after a few different people um, who I had shared their stuff got attacked by activists that follow my page but had been blocked on my page, um, then they started attacking anybody I shared. I've really had to step back from that now, which sucks. But um, Well, not everybody but, gets but sharing, attacked like Derry Carey by uh, <laughs> the activists. But sharing doesn't mean just clicking share on Facebook either you know helping people grow helping people um, become leaders is a different type of sharing and um, I've gotten really involved in the Dairy Girl Network which is uh, I'm on the board for that it's one of the ways I help share other people's voices by by using what I've now gained in knowledge to help other people uh, strengthen their voice yeah I think another part of that is so like I've um, been doing a young rancher leadership program Mm -hmm and just about Montana for now and helping them to know how to facilitate conversations with other people, how to say, hey guys, things aren't quite right here. How can we address this? Right. Um, or how can we have a civil yeah, conversation? Civil conversation. <laughs> you know, you do not need to know the words to kumbaya to be an advocate. Like, I'm not saying you have to get along with everyone because I will tell you, there's a quite a list of people that I don't like. I flat out don't like them out there in advocacy and there are um, people who don't like us <laughs> plenty <laughs> there's actually a meeting for people who hate dairy carry um and it's really funny because it's vegans and advocates and other farmers and they all have to sit in the same room Uh oh. no there's not actually a meeting it just feels like it some days i there think it's go. like at least the first monday of the month or something i'm not sure yep. nobody invites me <laughs> I'll try to stay out of that. Yeah. But hey, so we've only got a couple minutes here. Um, what's something that you'd like to leave um, in the greater, what's your thought on the state of advocacy and where we're, where we're headed? I think there's a lot of promise. I think that as more and more farmers, re- you know, are comfortable with reaching out in ways that are comfortable to them, we're, we're going to get there. Um, we're way behind, though. That's That's kind of the problem because we should have been doing what we're doing now like 20 years ago. So we've got a huge hill to climb, but we're getting there. Like, I'm, I'm just excited to see the new voices, and I try to keep up with everyone. Um, but there's, there's good stuff coming out. So I just, my, my one tip to anybody who really wants to get into advocacy is don't just think about the now. Don't just think about from your perspective. Step in someone else's shoes before you write every post you put out. Um, whether it's another farmer or whether it's our customers and just see how they would perceive that. I'm going to go not so positive. <laughs> dun, and dun, dun. and say, I wish that I wish our infighting would, would, would slow down. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. we can't all agree all the time, 
but respect other people's choices within our communities. And I think that that's one of the big things holding the advocacy community back. Oh, yeah. I think that's sure. our efforts are being held back by infighting. Uh, and we've got to respect other people's choices, but also be respectful of the information that we're putting out. Right. For sure. Yep. For sure. Yeah, there's way too much bickering. Mm. Way too much. It gives me a headache, and then I have to drink beer. Uh, speaking of. <laughs> speaking of, time to refill so, our pitcher. Yep. So we better uh, move on to the next episode. Hope you stay tuned. We're going to be talking about beef and dairy checkoff. So I don't know about you, Carrie, but in the Western states, beef checkoff has been quite a hot topic. <laughs> um, and in an industry that is operating in it below cost of production and yet still paying into checkoff, there's a lot of a lot of conversation about dairy checkoff. Too. Yep. So stay tuned to the next episode of the Agriculture Proud podcast um, over, over a beer with yes. Dairy Carrie. And uh, we'll be back soon. Thanks for joining us.